Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. If you go back in time, and you and I will both remember Bill 29 mm-hmm. under the liberal government of Gordon Campbell. Notorious Bill 29. Tell me about that now, because they effect- he effectively ripped up the union contracts for a bunch of public sector health care workers after yeah. saying he wouldn't do it. And the reason we're talking about this is yesterday, Health Minister Adrian Dix reversed course on this. So back... Yeah. Uh, before the 2001 election, the Hospital Employees Union magazine, The Guardian, had an interview with Gordon Campbell specifically asking him if he, if he came to power, would he change the contracts the HEU had when it comes to people who work in the cleaning areas and food service areas in BC's hospitals. He said, no, absolutely not. One of the first, I'm not ripping up contracts. Yeah. I remember that was the quote. And one of the first thing Gordon Campbell and the Liberals did was rip up those contracts. Right. And cost more than 4,000 people their jobs. They had to go reapply to private companies, take a huge pay cut, no benefits. Uh, the worker who appeared with Adrian Dix yesterday talked about how it went from $15 an hour to $10 an hour and no benefits. Um, now, yesterday, Adrian Dix announcing 21 contracts have been what's called repatriated back into the healthcare system. People will resume working for the health authorities in the cleaning and food service areas of BC's hospitals, and they will have a wage top-up. Not exactly sure how much it's going to be, but they're also going to have a benefit package, which includes access to a pension plan. That's kind of the big one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, that's one of the, the things that, and Adrian X told me yesterday, he thinks this is arguably the biggest accomplishment of his career as health minister, quite apart from the COVID stuff. Um, and this is right. I mean, this was a very bitter fight for a number yeah. of years where the NDP really, this was one of their main objectives was to write this, uh, write this wrong. And that's what happened yesterday. Well, I can see how it'd be a priority for a labor backed union government. This isn't, why did it take so long to do it? Yeah, it's unclear. They did pass legislation repealing Bill 29 and it's still, it's still not being done overnight. This is going to take a number of months to phase in. Yeah. Uh, it's not happening overnight, but it's about 2,900 full-time equivalent positions or more, about 4,100 individuals uh, impacted. Okay, interesting move. Let's talk about the vaccine passport and mm-hmm. sort of the business backlash that we're seeing in some parts of the province. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're seeing some local uh, chambers of commerce in the north and interior of B.C. saying, hang on a second, we got a lot of unvaccinated people here. Mm-hmm. Maybe slow down. Can you delay this thing? Now, I had Adrian Dix on the show this morning, and I asked him, you've got some local towns, chambers, asking you to delay the implementation of this vaccine card. Dawson Will Creek. you delay it? Dawson Creek prim- uh, is one example. Here's what he said to me. Doing it on schedule that, right. that it's going to apply everywhere in the province, that 84.2% of people as of yesterday, it's hired today, are vaccinated in BC, and this is a really great chance to get vaccinated. And the good news is that we saw a very large increase in first dose vaccination last week, having more than doubled on the previous week. Okay, so no delay. It's coming in on schedule. Well, part, of, part of the strategy with the vaccination passport is to motivate people to get to uh, at least register to get vaccinated. And we're seeing, as Dix just said, we are seeing a significant uptick in number of people registering. On a daily basis, we were, you know, 3,300 a day, very slow. Now it's more than 10,000 a day. Uh, and primarily younger people who've sort of been dragging their heels in terms of getting, uh, getting the dose. So, um, yeah, this is, this is not going to change. However, you know, Dawson Creek's 57% vaccinated, which means 43% not vaccinated, basically a 50-50. And you're going to see this play out differently in different parts of, um, BC in the capital region here. By the time September 13 rolls around, pretty well everywhere in the capital is over 90%. Right now, most of the capital is over 90% anyways. Over the lower mainland. 
Uh, most of the lower mainland is approaching 90%, yeah. um, but the Eastern Valley, the only really low vaccine numbers, uh, vaccine rate numbers in Metro Vancouver is in North Chilliwack, if you can believe mm. that. Uh, South Chilliwack has more significantly more people inoculated than North Chilliwack. So North Chilliwack, parts of Langley, um, parts of Abbotsford Rural is really low, but everywhere else is is upwards about 85% right now. Okay, but if you look at the map of the province, does this turn into kind of like a rural-urban issue? It could. It could. Yeah. Yeah, because again, you're right. You, you've got the low vaccination rates are almost entirely in rural areas. Yeah. And we're talking about Dawson Creek, Fort St. John, Nelson down in the Kootenays for some unfathomable reason has a low vaccination rate. Creston, uh, Cranbrook isn't really that high. Uh, parts of uh, central Okanagan, downtown Kelowna is is quite high, but around there is lower. So by that I mean, you know, we're talking in the seventy percent range. Um, uh, Enderby, Vanderhoof, um, a lot of northern communities, but north northwest, for example, Terrace, Kitimat, uh, Smith is all pretty high, but uh, Williams Lake is low. So is Quinell Rural. So these are this is going to be the challenge to enforce this passport, right? In areas where half the population isn't vaccinated, right? This is where you could see the backlash, and where we're already seeing some businesses saying we won't enforce it. We see some local business organizations calling for a delay, which the health minister said this morning that he would not delay the implementation of this. It's coming in next month. Let me play a, a, an ex- a clip of an exchange I had on yesterday's show with Liberal MLA Mike Morris. And he is the official opposition critic for the Solicitor General. And we were talking about the vaccine passport. And I just asked him, um, do you support it? Do you support the vaccine passport? Do the liberals support this? I thought it would be like a simple question. It it was an interesting exchange. I want to play it for you and get your thoughts. This is from yesterday. You support that? Yes or no? Yes. Yes or no? (laughs) Well, you know, know, the, the simple answer to that is that we support vaccines. And whatever wow. way that the public can uh, can prove that they have the vaccine in order to access some of these venues, then I think that they need to take those steps to do that. Okay, Mike, it's not a clear answer for me. Like, do you guys support this or not? We, we support everybody in British Columbia being vaccinated, Mike. Okay, so that was uh, Mike Morris yesterday. What do you think of that? I thought like your Pierre Polyev uh, impersonation there. Yes or no? Yes or no? Well, I was trying to get a straight answer yeah, out of the guy. No, I know, and he did not give a straight answer. I think... His his reluctance to provide a, a straight answer, I think, is reflective of the fact the Liberals are walking a bit of a fine line here. They're consti- they represent the the areas of the province that have low vaccination rates, yeah. and it's going to be interesting to see their enthusiasm for embracing something that's pretty you know out there in terms of vaccine passport. I haven't heard clarity other than saying they support public health orders. They won't attach themselves to a blanket statement that says we support the vaccine passport. Yeah, they put out a statement to me after yesterday's show saying that precisely what you just said, we support all the public health orders, which mm-hmm. you, I presume includes the vaccine passport that's been, that is a public health order. It will be. It will be. So, but they do seem a little reluctant. It's almost like they want to criticize it as much as they can while still not coming up well, and saying they're, they're opposed to it. Yeah, they're also the official opposition and their job is They've got to some hold, legitimate criticism yeah, of and, it. And their job is to hold the government's feet to the fire. Uh, right. That's a proverbial role of the opposition. But, uh, again, it's a, it's a delicate balance here that they're a tightrope that they're walking. Like a guy like Mike Morris, the liberal MLA we just heard, he represents Prince George Mackenzie, which is a, like a, a predominantly rural riding, I, I think. So central. The problem, there may be a lot of unvaccinated people up there in his riding. Downtown Prince George, uh, central Prince George, last time I looked, uh, has a high vaccination rate in the 80s. But around that area of Prince George, which is basically all the ridings there, 
we're talking in the 70% range rather than yeah. the 80 or 90% range, which Metro Vancouver's in. Okay, real quickly, I spoke to Shachi Curl, the very fine pollster on, on the show today about uh, the trends in the, in the federal election. She thinks Trudeau is in trouble. Do you mm-hmm. agree? Yeah, well, I think he's certainly not out of the woods yet. I mean, she's not the only pollster. We had three landing today. She, her poll yesterday was 33-30 conservative. Yeah. Today, Leger has the same finding. You've got uh, American Cycle comes out with a dead heat poll today. Uh, David Coletto at Abacus has a dead heat poll. You factor in the the um, margin of error in Chachi's poll. Uh, well, we're basically talking a statistical tie. tie. Yeah. However, I talked to a senior liberal strategist yesterday on the campaign who points out in the 2019 election, they saw similar polling. And at the end of the day, the conservatives ended up winning the popular vote last time, but they didn't win the most seats. And what the liberals are banking on is this national number is not as important as the regional numbers. That southern Ontario, Quebec, parts of B.C. are still strong liberal, and that should be enough to give them the most seats. Will it give them a majority? I think where Shachi's right um, is that this, they're in serious trouble if they think they're going to form a majority. There's mm. no signs that's going to happen. All right, welcome back. Valdry's beat. Uh, we're just talking off air real quickly about our uh, our tour of the legislature contest, which we're running again today. Mm-hmm. Don't call now, okay? But you got to you got to wait to hear the cue to call at some point during the show. That you'll hear. We got a new cue to call sound signal. We'll play later in the show, not now, later. And uh, you could win a tour of the legislature with mm-hmm. me and Keith. Yeah. Okay. That's and com- lunch. That's maybe. coming up. And lunch in the dining room, maybe if you if you pay. Bob in Nanaimo. <laughs> Hi, Bob. Morning, Mike. Morning, Keith. You know, I've, I've thought for a long time about um, a, a concern, which is, is in, in day-to-day life, we, we need to be, and most of us are accountable and responsible. But in politics, and correct me if I'm mistaken, we have this little clause called parliamentary privilege. And when I'm looking at the campaign and I'm following it closely, I'm not hearing much about, you know, SNC-Lavalin, the the, the 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 way they threw Josie Jody Wilson Raybould out of the out of provincial federal politics and so what would it take to have that changed or am I just right off track here about I don't feel that politicians I guess that the point being that I don't feel politicians are held adequately responsible and accountable okay. for their actions. Well, thank you. So I don't think Aaron O'Toole has raised SNC Lavalin or Jody Wilson Raybould ever. In or the We Charity that hasn't that's, come up much. No, because I think that you know the the Tories. Everyone does internal research. They do poll and they do focus groups. When they're trying to find issues that people that resonate with people, SNC Lavalin did not resonate w- enough with enough people last time to give the Conservatives a victory. And they're realizing if if they play that card again. It's going to resonate with even fewer people. It's it's in the past, even though it's not doesn't necessarily make it all right. So they're trying to connect with issues that appeal to people right now. And I still think one of the more fascinating ones O'Toole came up with was the gig economy uh, policy, where he wants to help workers for in in gig, gig economies, whether it's Uber or or you know other DoorDash drivers. drivers. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that's a that's a, pl- a plank taken out of a liberal NDP platform, and that is something that resonates with more people than bringing up SNC-Lavalin from years ago. I think he's very cleverly decided to do a real policy-heavy uh, campaign, and a lot of the policies moving to that sort of moderate they, middle. They focused entirely on scandals last time. Right, and right. I, it didn't I've, work. I've covered, you know, I've covered politics a long time, and more often than not, scandals do not determine the outcome of an election. No. It's policy. Yeah, no, it's a really good point. We haven't heard a lot about, you know, blackface or the Agacons Island. No. You know, that stuff is just not there. He's doing policy, and I think it's working for him. Rob and Chile 
Chilliwack. Hi. Yeah, hi, Mike. Good morning, guys. Hey, quick, quick, quick thought here. You know, for me, this the, the COVID vaccine, it, it comes down to a trust issue. And I listen to Adrian Dix and John Horgan always talking about the North and North Chilliwack. I, I live in Chilliwack. Um, but it, it comes down to a trust issue. Listen, the, these guys, John Horgan, Adrian Dix, the NDP, they said, do the right thing. Do the right thing. Go get your shots. Be responsible. Be for your family. Do it for your family, your friends, your neighbours. You know what? Adrian Dick sat on that, that ambulance file, that the NDP government, for over four and a half years. And what happened? We had a massive heat wave. We had 800 people die, 500 and some related to heat. If we had more ambulances, this wouldn't happen. So what's, what's your point? You're, you're yeah, saying that people is, don't, the, don't get vaccinated the because of the, the ambulance? No, the point is it's a trust issue. I said that. It's a trust issue, gentlemen. And so I'm supposed to trust him to get a shot? Of, of emergency well, they're not, they're, in my arm. They're not yeah, the thanks, only Rob. So, thanks, Rob. First of all, they are not the only ones in the entire world saying get vaccinated. Every public health official in the entire world is saying get yeah. vaccinated. It's not Adrian Dix and John Horgan leading the vaccine efforts here. It's public health officials and infectious disease experts and epidemiologists, uh, vaccination uh, experts, all saying get vaccinated. It's nothing to do with the heat dome. Uh, it has everything to do with protecting yourself and your family. Let's go to Lonnie uh, calling from Surrey. Hi, Lonnie. Hello. Um, I think also add to that list uh, the popular vote that Trudeau promised all the young people. And he's making a big mistake. Those young people, they're younger than him, and they're smarter than him. And they're going to see all of these lies that they voted for last time that they never got. The cell phone thing, and now the NDP's picking that up, thinking they're going to do something with it. Trudeau's failed in so many ways, and the young people are not stupid. Yeah, no, it, it's interesting, just anecdotally, I don't detect the same fervor of enthusiasm amongst young people for Trudeau that we saw in 2015, 2019. Where are they going, to Jugmeet Singh? I'm not sure. I, Jugmeet Singh's the guy to watch here. I mean, he's a bit of a wild card. I think yeah. he's going to do better than a lot of people think. The other thing uh, uh, pollsters are picking up is that Trudeau's losing ground with women voters. Yes. That's a serious problem for him. I mean, that was one of his main strengths, and if they're losing women voters to the conservatives, that is very troubling for the liberals. He was never super popular with men, but he could always count on the women and, vote. And, and younger that's a, people. That's and if he's losing youth and women, that's, that's almost fatal. Mary on Vancouver Island. Hi. I, I, I wish the pandemic wasn't so politicized all the time. Um, I'm referring to Mike Morris yesterday, and I'm not saying the NDP would be any better if they had, uh, if the rules were be reversed. However, I'd like to know what, how Mike Morris and the Liberals would answer this question. Do you believe in driver's licenses? Would they say, as they did with vaccines, we believe in vaccination, so we believe in driver testing, but no, we don't believe in a driver's license. In other words, there'd be a whole pile of folks who hadn't taken a driver's test uh, able to get insurance because you don't need a driver's <laughs> license. Uh, okay. Just as folks are able to, you mm -hmm. understand where I'm going. Also, sure. Thank, yeah. Thanks, so Mary. It'll be interesting when the House resumes sitting in October. That's when suddenly everything's back into focus at the provincial level. Right now, it's it's sort of it's dog days of summer in August. Nobody's paying a lot of attention to the provincial scene. In October, there's going to have to be some clarity from both sides on exactly what that vaccination passport is, is intended to do, whether they support it, and you're going to have to be on the record about it.